0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we will study God's word. Welcome to Christmas week, PCC. It's good to be here, isn't it? Maybe you're rolling off the World Cup victory of Argentina today, this morning. Yes, those poor people of France, I feel for them. I wanna invite up one of the greatest Argentinian fans, my friend, Aditya, if he could come join me for our interview this morning. Can we clap for my friend, Aditya? Hi, buddy. He and I have been talking all week. I didn't tell him what to wear this morning. He chose that on his own. Come, have a seat. I'm getting my mic organized here so I don't have to sit on it. We're so glad that you're willing to share. My friend uh, has a history of a journey that is worthy of hearing. And our focus today is really how you've experienced God's love uh, as a man who's grown up knowing of it, but coming to full experience. His background is this, born in India, born in India, but raised in Detroit. That's very different settings. But even more different than really was raised, uh, really teen years and beyond, in St. George, Utah, a little gem of a town if you've ever been to. So he's raised there and goes on to Rice University down in Texas and meets his wife there, and uh, Kelly, They have a child, Isaac, and they're about to have another child. What month do you have another child coming?
1: Uh, Kiddo's coming around March.
0: About March? March, Yeah, around March. That's so great. Congratulations. (laughs) Comes out of Rice and uh, goes and teaches in what's called Teach for America. It's like the Peace Corps of teaching. It's been around for 20-plus years. As a calculus teacher, where did you actually do that?
1: In the North Houston area by the Intercontinental Airport, if people yeah. are familiar with the Houston area.
0: Yeah. And typically in Teach for America, they put people in places where people don't want to teach or they really need teachers.
1: Yeah, it's, it's meant to put teachers in communities where uh, traditionally the traditional education is not, uh, not high quality and, and you know, kids are being sort of let down in, in many ways in yeah. some of those classrooms and areas. Yeah. So that's where they put us.
0: So he goes on from there then and comes to Stanford, uh, gets a master's in education and business. And then, well, you don't know, he's kind of like famous. Uh, He won't talk about it, so I will. But because of the company he started called Edstruments, all right, that does budgeting and management and forecasting for school districts, uh, he was known in Forbes as one of the top 30 under 30 uh, a while back, you know, and so, so... (laughs)
1: he, <laughs> I, I took that out of the bio, Brian.
0: Yeah, he hates when people talk about that. And that's one of the things I love most about Aditya is his humility. And uh, But God has done great things. So tell us, and stick that mic right up to your chin so they can hear you, but tell us about how God's love started to touch you as a teenager.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brian. So I was fortunate to grow up in the church because I came from a family where my mom was a believer and she actually came from multiple generations of believers, which is quite rare in India. You know, it's a very small percentage of the population that uh, hold a Christian faith and but i had you know i'd grown up going to church and going through the motions and memorizing bible verses and all those things but it was really at a winter camp it was a church camp a lot of the denomination or our denomination a lot of the churches in utah would come together send their youth uh, off to colorado for this winter camp and i remember the the speaker there was preaching on the story in genesis where where jacob wrestles with god and and in that story he he really challenged us asking you know, how many of you are, are really just living your parents' faith or, you know, pursuing, doing the things, going through the motions because it's what's expected in your family and what your parents did? And and that was me. I realized, you know, I had just grown up doing all these things because it was what was expected. And it was really there that I was challenged to step into the love of the Lord and, and make God Lord of my life. And and dwell in his love as an individual and not just pursuing what Mm -hmm. my parents wanted.
0: Mm -hmm. That was a big turning point for you. It's interesting how that scripture sticks with you. I mean, you can't get away. That is the scripture. Wrestling with God, you wrestled, received, started to really receive his love as your own. You talked about also how then you experienced love from the community because you got honest about some sin. Talk about how that love touched you.
1: Yeah, thanks. So as part of you know, that weekend that I was at this camp, uh, as Brian was saying, you know, in making that choice to follow after Jesus myself, I realized you know, there were things in my life that I was keeping hidden because I didn't want people to think of me as anything other than, you know, good Christian kid growing up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where I was. And and I just came to a couple of guys who had been friends of mine for a long time, uh, older than me by you know, four or five years. And, and just confess some things to them that I hadn't really confessed to anybody. And I was expecting, you know, judgment, condemnation, and and really they just surrounded me with love and acceptance. And it was a taste of, you know, a small taste of the forgiveness that God has for us and Mm -hmm. the love that he has in sending his son for for our sins. Mm
0: -hmm. It's awesome that a team could have that intergenerational experience and feel the love of the Father through the love of others in that acceptance. Take us now to present day. Remaining in God's love now, how do you go about that? Because it can feel so out there, not feel real. But when would you say you feel most loved by God now? And how do you try to remain in that?
1: Yeah, I think God's love shows up for me in a few different ways, right? One Uh, and maybe many of you can connect with this, is is through other people who channel God's love, right? Mm -hmm. I think about when our son was born in May of 2020 at the height of kind of uncertainty of the pandemic and just how many people people in this room were really there for us who brought us food and, Mm and cared for us even when it was just a challenging time for everyone and then I think about we just moved two weeks ago and there's people in this room who uh, helped box up our apartment and and move us over and watch Mm -hmm. our son and and so part of it is God's love showing up through people another way is uh, you know God giving peace and joy in times of trial yeah and these past couple years have had more grief for me than the prior years of my life and I'm not you know that old, and I'm sure there'll be more grief later, but um, there's there's been some Deep. meaningful things that I've grieved over the last couple of years, and, and having God's peace and, and joy sustain me through that has been an example of his love. And then there's there's many other ways. You know, it's it's singing songs together of praise. It's being out in the beauty of his uh, creation. I grew up in St. George's an hour away from Zion National Park. It's a beautiful place, and I always feel touched by God's creation there, and ultimately, you know, the cross we were talking about, uh, God's sacrifice of his son, Jesus, on the cross just being such a a poignant demonstration of his love, really the most important demonstration.
0: How does his love benefit you the most? What does it do to you, and what's the outcome of that?
1: I think, for me, you know, God's love it helps me do my best to, to love others. Well, obviously, my love is an, an imperfect love compared to God's perfect mm-hmm. love. Uh, but it helps me love others as well as I can. Um, when my son's throwing a, a tantrum, you know, trying to remember, you know, God, God surrounds me with his love. So I should be, you know, trying to surround my son with my love. And, uh, you know, in other ways, it, it pushes me to, to live outside of myself. Uh, one of the reasons that I started the, the startup was I you know, wanted to have an impact on a problem in our uh, society that I care a lot about. And and that's really pushed me. And knowing that his love is secure uh, reminds me that no matter what happens, because startups are risky, uh, God's God's love is there. And that's what's most important. So mm-hmm. it's, it's those things that, that really sustain and, and challenge and push me to, to live the life that I think he's called me to.
0: That's good. Do you hear the love? He's experienced it. Let us pray for he and his family. Lord, thank you for my brother and his wife Kelly and Isaac and their new child that they don't know if it's male or female and the surprise that's coming with that. And Lord, thank you that you have put him in a leadership role in a company and you put him in a place to solve a problem in our culture. But in the end, God, thank you that you've helped him experience your love and he wants to convey that most and live it out in his life. So Lord, um, we praise you for the work you have done in and through, and Lord, may it help us uh, see it's possible for all of us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Can we clap for our friend? Peace. I'll take that mic. I'm always intrigued when I find what I consider a smarter person than myself who loves Jesus. And that's a judgment on my part, but I know myself. And I like that because we all have to wrestle with Jesus and what is Jesus in my life. Then we got to wrestle through the feelings and thoughts we have about Jesus. And so it's interesting to me uh, that God is available to all of us. We're trying to rekindle during this Advent season some intangible things that we want to have very tangible in our lives. Hope, peace, joy, and today love. We've been on this journey with these common words that if we let them, they can impact our soul in an unbelievable and incredible way, as you heard today. If you let love touch you, it changes you and it changes the world. So I want to give before you today this concept of love, or put before you this concept of love. Will you let it touch you today? We've been talking about these different aspects of Advent, and if we throw up a review slide, what you'll see is, we felt that hope is found on God's firm foundation. I stood on a, a cement block here a couple of weeks ago, and that firm foundation of His character, of His word, of the work done on the cross. We can, that, is, that is a strong foundation we can stand on. We then talked about how peace is found, what? In really Christ's presence in our life. We let Emmanuel in our life, there can be more peace. And then Scott talked about last week how joy is found in God's perspective. If we just stick with our perspective, woo, we won't find, the joy will not show up as much as we let God in. And so today our big idea Uh, going along the same line is is this. Love is found in God's compassion. Did you hear the compassion of those people who knew God and extended it to my friend? Did you hear how there was compassion and how he wrestled through that story of Jacob and realized, this is my faith also. So love is found in God's compassion. But let's back up. What gets in the way, do you think, of us of receiving this gift of God's compassion. I want you to ponder this. I want you to, this is a slide worth taking a picture of because you got to come back to it over and over again in your life. If you're tripping over, I'm not sure God loves me. And I think there's really three reasons why we don't feel God's love. Here's the first, pride. We just stiff-arm God. And we stiff-arm God's people and we stay isolated, and we never let the love touch the soul to really impact us. And I would say pride is called sin. But the opposite, in some sense, of pride is shame, where we feel we're not good enough to be with God's people or in the presence of God, and so that holds us back from God's love. So, you know, Not feeling good enough and feeling actually too good about ourselves are two different sides of the coin, pride and shame. And God is not wanting that for us at all. God is wanting us to live in this place of humility that he made us. We're good at some things. We're not good at other things. We're going to make mistakes, and the love can impact and change all that. Another thing is this, unwanted circumstances. Raise your hand. Anybody have an unwanted circumstance? during their lifetime, (laughs) recently. When circumstances show up that are unwanted, we can start to question the creator. Hey, why is this happening? This isn't right. This should not be happening. What's wrong with you up there? Why are you allowing this? We lose perspective on he's the creator, he's in charge. But that can hinder and make us feel like we're not loved. And then those first two things, or just on its own, can cause us to have a flawed view of God. We can just have a flawed view of God. And they can be a result of pride and shame, and they can be a result of unwanted circumstances, or they can be a result of other things, where we just have this flawed view of God, and we're like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. Will you pick yours right now? What is it for you? Is it the pride? Is it the shame? Is it unwanted circumstances? And it might not be that you totally push back but when do you push away just a bit and distance yourself from the Father? Which is it? And what is the flawed thinking you have about God? There's a great quote by C.S. Lewis that says this, Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Today I'll show you three quotes in seven passages. And I hope, like Aditya was touched, I hope that... One of these three quotes in one of these seven passages is the kindling that your soul needs to come alive and awaken to God's love today. So we pause and will you allow God to do that? Let me pray for us. Lord, this is your work that you want to do in us. And we've come, for some reason, humbly on this day. And love can seem so distant and so hard to grasp. But Lord, use these words now your words, to strike a chord, to rekindle the, the acknowledgement of your love. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear the C.S. Lewis quote? Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. What you need to realize, the story of God's love has, has a long history, but a very present future if we put faith in Christ. Did you hear that? The story of God's love has a very long history and a very present future in our lives if we put faith in Christ, if we receive this gift of what God has for us. Let's back up and think about the history of God's love for us. It starts in Genesis where he says, I'm going to create a place for you. And there's going to be a time and place where I'm going to bring you into history. Did you ever think of history as his story? And there's a time and place in history where, for some reason, God brings each of us into his story, the history of mankind, and he created a place for us. And then he says, I'm going to create you in my own image. I'm going to create you in the fullness of my image, and I want you to reflect it to the world around you. And then he says, I'm going to make it risky, and I'm not going to make you a robot that has to love me. I'm going to turn the key on in you and give you free will. Ooh, dangerous. Why not just make it simpler? But he's like, I'm going to let you have a choice. But I'm going to spend the next thousands and thousands and thousands of years. When you enter this story, I will pursue you. Not in a way in a negative way, but in this positive way that I love you and will you allow me to love you and will you allow me to lead and guide you? And what will you do with that? Will you stiff arm me? Will you deny me? And that's this macro story that's really beautiful. Here's the second quote of the day. Old quote by Tony Campola. I added some stuff to it. Is that legal? I just told you at least, so now you know. I added some words to this quote. to Just bring it to where we are today. But think of that pursuit. It says this, God carries your picture in his wallet. We don't do that anymore. They're on our phones. God carries his picture in your wallet, and he's just always wanting you to come back home. We're in a family season where we've launched some kids. I got a kid in Chile. I got a daughter just married in San Diego, and I kind of like it. I kind of don't. Because this Christmas, it's not the same. And I like those Christmases where we're all together. And I look at their pictures on my phone and I just want them to come home. And they're in the right place where they're supposed to be. But if I feel that about my kids, what is the God of the universe feeling with regards to us? That's what he's wanting, just wanting us to come come home. Think back to our big idea. God's love is found in what? Or excuse me, love in general is found in what? His compassion. And when I go back to uh, when Nia opened up today, there's this crazy motif throughout the Bible how God is our shepherd and he is... And we are his sheep and how much he loves and cares for them. And I want you to see this today. And I want you to see it first in this way. There's two bookends in the Bible that declare this, that he is this compassionate love of a shepherd. And it's known in the beginning of the Bible and it's known all the way at the end of the Bible. I didn't really even see this until I started to study it. I would have said, you know, yeah, yeah, the sheep motifs throughout the Bible, and it probably culminates when he says, I'm the good shepherd. But it's at the beginning and the end, and all throughout the middle. And it's even prophesied about. And I want you to see this today. We're heading into our seven scriptures now. I've showed you two quotes. Which of these seven scriptures will stick the most to you today? Here's the first these are the two bookends I want to show you the Bible. The first time it talks about God being a shepherd is this. The scenario is Joseph is getting a blessing from his dying father, Jacob, in Genesis. And it says this. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom fathers, my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. This is Jacob realizing the love of the father and referring to him as a shepherd. That's Genesis. Fast forward to the bookend in Revelation, where it says this. For the lamb at the center of the throne, they're referring to Jesus here, will be their shepherd. Listen to this compassion now. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Shepherd to the founders of faith. Shepherd to the final days where God will bring a new heaven and a new earth the compassionate shepherd. What's interesting is there's two passages now. I want you to see these two passages that are prophesied about that a shepherd would come. So Jacob knows of it, but Israel goes a little off kilter because of their free will, okay? And he brings these prophets that says, come back home. He loves you. Do you realize how much the God of the universe loves you? Come back home. Follow me. And you have First Isaiah who declares this, see the sovereign lord is coming, he'll tend his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and will carries them close to his heart. Are you hearing the compassion? He gently leads those that have young. Ezekiel goes on to say, "I myself will tend my sheep." He's referring to what is coming and have them lie down declares the sovereign lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I'll bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. This has a little reflection of when Jesus says, I'll leave the 99 beside and what it will do? Oh, oh, I'll go after that one. I'll go after that one. Here's your next quote, St. Augustine. God loves each of us if there were only one of us think of my brother's story today touched as a 13 year old think of your own story when did the love of god first really pierce you i take it back to my own season of in my 20s where there was just something about the circumstances playing out the questions i had stirring in my life and then the love of god touching me really through others helping me understand it because of the way they love me. Raise your hand if that's maybe how you experienced it because that's kind of how Dithy experienced it. It wasn't this, I love you. <laughs> it wasn't, I love you. It was more this subtle love that came from the side and wrapped around you and helped you understand it was from this God that was loving you. I don't know where you are in your journey of allowing God to love you. I just want you to know that he does those prophecies came true remember ezekiel remember isaiah and look what it says in john 10:11 jesus declares this i am the good shepherd the good shepherd loves us so much that he'll lay down his life for the sheep the prophecy came through as he declares i am that shepherd The shepherd that Jacob talked about, shepherd that Isaiah said was coming, the shepherd that Ezekiel said was true. The same shepherd that's declared that he is the lamb and becomes a shepherd in Revelation. The question we have to ask ourselves is this: what happens when we don't remain in the love and care of the shepherd? Did you hear today? He said this. I asked him, how do you remain in the love? And he was like, sometimes it's through other people. Sometimes it's through songs. Sometimes through being in creation. We have to continually get to the place where we allow the love of God to touch us. The question I have for you right now is, where is your best place to remain in the love of the Father? Where do you run when you're like, I need to get back to the love? I've lost that loving feeling maybe. How do you get back to that loving feeling? Do you know? Because if you go back to the question, what happens when we don't remain in the love? Well, we'll go to another country song. We start looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) When we lose that loving feeling. (laughs) I'll stop talking in song, but I want you to remember what happens when we don't remain in the love. If you know your Bible, and not everyone knows this term, we kind of go prodigal. There's a story of a prodigal son. He kind of goes off because he's looking for love in all the wrong places, but then he comes home. And how is he treated? The compassion of the Father. If we don't remain the love, here's what also happens. Let's take it back to this Advent season. Hope starts to leak, right? Peace runs out. Joy doesn't show up. There's something about how the love fuels those things. I don't know if it's the base kindling for the fire in our souls. I just know it all kind of comes together because you feel hope, you feel love. You feel peace, you feel love. You got joy? I'm telling you, it came from the love as the core basis of it. Look at what Jesus said in John 15. As the fathers love me, so I love you. And then he says, now remain in my love. I've told you this. I've told you to remain in my love and my whole story of how I've come to be the one who brings you love so that my joy, peace, and hope may be with you and that your joy, peace, and hope may be complete. When you remain, we experience those things. We receive all the gifts if we allow ourselves to experience the love. And then finally, our seventh verse. Look what it says. It says, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Aditya, we were on the phone the other day, and I was like, if there was only a verse that declared how the birth of Jesus is an example of God's love. And we were wrestling around. He's like, there's a verse that says sent somewhere. And I'm like, I think you have that confused. I said, it says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He's like, "Eh, I don't know. We kind of left it at that. He was referring to this verse. Listen to this verse again. This is how God showed his love to us. He sent, he birthed his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. He sent his perfect son into a broken world via a birth, so that we could live from his love. Folks, love is found in God's compassion, and I leave you with this question today. How would receiving God's love change your relationship with him, with yourself, and others? As Marty uh, begins to play, I want to give you a moment to receive the love right now. There's a prayer up on the screen where maybe you've done this before. Maybe you need to do it for the very first time. Maybe this Christmas season is the first Christmas where you said, God, I want to receive your love and live into it. Or maybe you want to recommit to it. But I'm going to ask you to do that right now and just give you the opportunity to receive his love. Let me read through this prayer and then give you a moment with him. God, we thank you that you've revealed your love through your birth Lord, help us to believe and receive it, and may we be astonished by your love. Thank you for tuning into our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more.
1: We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at werpcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook,
0: Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for WRPCC.